God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be with you, and uh, thank you, pastors, for the opportunity and the privilege to minister the Word. It's always an honor to minister the Word of God. Amen. Amen. It's changed my life, taken me, oh my, you, you, don't wanna, you don't even want to know where I was, but it's changed my life, set me on course, gave me, I know even back, uh, I don't know, this was 25 years ago or so, I was talking to the Lord about some things, and I said, Lord, my life is already better off than I even imagined it could be as a young child and as a teenager. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that was a long time ago, so I've been going from glory to glory ever since. And to God be all the glory, to the Word be all the glory. Praise the Lord. So good to be with you. I'm expecting to have what God wants in these meetings. The highest flow, amen, not just the good. Not just the acceptable, but the perfect will of God. Father, we thank you for your grace and your honor and your your anointing on us. Thank you, Father, for the call of God on all of us to be your children, to walk with you, to fellowship with you, to hear your voice and to experience your glory. Father, we've come this morning gathering around your name, gathering in uh, your presence and gathering around your word. We came hungry. We came with an open heart. We came laying aside all that would distract. And we came, Father, boldly to the throne of grace. We came to receive. We came to obtain. Thank you for needs met all across this room. Holy Spirit, this is your time. This is your place. This is your hour. This is the time, Father, that, that you can do what you want, anointing, uh, through the anointing of the Spirit. And we trust you, Holy Spirit, to guide us to teach us. We trust you to anoint us and freight our words with power and give us words in season, right on time, words that bring life and light and direction. And Father God, we ask not just for uh, words out of our head, but we ask for utterance out of our spirits that it would land deeper than our minds because of the anointing of the Spirit. And Father, we'll give you all the praise and all the glory for everything that happens and all the changes in our lives. There is no one else in this room worthy. So we give it all to you when we give it freely. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. Amen. Well, greet that person again that you greeted a minute ago. Tell them you're so glad to sit beside them this morning. Praise the Lord. Uh, Yes, we pastor in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I congratulate you, Pastor. Most, most people think Iowa, they'll, and they, they don't know there's an Iowa, they say Idaho, you know, and so congratulations, <laughs> you didn't say it, but we're honored to be with you. Your pastors, I, I enjoy, we get to Pastor Nancy's meetings and, and so forth, and it's always good to see your pastors, we know we can have a meeting when they show up, amen, <laughs> glory to God, they're, they're a tremendous blessing. And the family, praise God, thank God for, you know, you can tell a lot about people by how their kids turn out. Amen. Praise God. So we're so thankful for how God's using them and what he's doing. Praise God right here in Porterville. Hallelujah. Um, I, I came uh, expecting God to move. So if you uh, just want a Bible lesson and, and three points in a poem to go home, then you might want to just leave now. <laughs> No, we believe God confirms the word, doesn't he? With signs following. Hallelujah. You can smile out there. That'd be all right. I'm not, I'm new to you, but I'm not a mean guy. I'm a nice guy. We came, uh, 
from my wife and I, uh, we grew up, we met in Rama Bible Training Center, which is sometimes uh, hilariously called Rama Bridal Training Center. <laughs> and we uh, both came, I came from Pennsylvania, my wife came from Kansas City, and uh, she, she and I met in the third, well, really, it was the second half of the second year, and uh, in the class called Church History, and the rest is Church History. <laughs> Um, but we uh, got to know one another, and uh, I decided I had been in a, as a teenager, been in a bad relationship, uh, you know, just, anyway, so, but my, I just decided, that's it, girls, no, girls, I'm signing off for girls, yuck, uh, you know what I'm talking about, I'm going to serve Jesus, I got right with God, I'm going to follow the call, I don't need any, any woman, no, praise God, you know what I'm talking about, and, uh, I sat beside her in church history class. We'd talk, you know, and, uh, we, you know, just, just saying hi and so forth. And, and then we'd, since our next class was both of our, uh, both of us went to the next class, the same class. We both went to the same class, the next class. And so we would uh, usually walk together, walk, you know, to the next class. <clears throat> and uh, I didn't think anything of it until one day she walked to class with another guy. I'm like... What are you doing? What's wrong? Yeah. I'm like, uh-oh, I'm falling. So I started backpedaling. How many of you know what I'm doing? <laughs> and so I said, I said, no, I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm not in this, these women's stuff. You know, this, no, I'm. And so I started, I started backpedaling. And uh, they had an assignment. You, did you go to Raymond? You just were at the church. You didn't go to school. But uh, they had an assignment in uh, that year. They had an assignment in a class called Marriage and the Family class. And they had an assignment to go on a date. And if you, if, if you were married, of course, go on a date. But if you, didn't have, if you weren't married, go on a date. If you didn't go on a date, you get a grade letter down. And uh, because they said, you students are trying to be too spiritual. You know, you don't need, you know, all this. So... So they said, great, let her down if you don't go on a date. I said, well, if we have to. <laughs> so, so I said, well, I know I'm falling for her, so I'm, no, I'm not going to ask her out. <clears throat> so I picked somebody out that I kind of knew. And I'm, I'm, listen, guys, I'm on my way to go talk to this other girl and my future wife, who now is my wife, she intersected me and, invited, <laughs> and she invited me out on the date. Well, what are you supposed to do? So I said, "All right," and uh, and uh, we uh, actually the Pastor Hagen was the Pastor Hagen, Miss Lynette Hagen were the teachers of the class, marriage and the family class. I don't know why I'm teaching. I don't know why I'm sharing on this. Somebody needs this. I don't know if there's anybody on the front row or anything, but it's somebody. But uh, so I said, I said, uh, "All right." So we went on a date, and my 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 future wife she's the girl I went on a date with her and her roommate went on dates and both of us got married both of them got married and so Pastor Hagen and Miss Lynette used that story from that in that class from that year on to tell everybody see what can happen if you obey our teachings you know (laughs) but anyway we we uh, we praise God got together and we we were just thanking God we did how many of you guys know you need help whether you want to admit it or not? You need help. I should have heard a lot of high-pitched amens on that right there. 
Glory to God. All right. I want to just uh, introduce a few products. We have a product table back there. We uh, really, somebody said, well, these preachers, they just want to make money. We put all these, everything that's back there, I think, every, oh, I should say the, te- the audios, um, all that is available online absolutely free. You can listen to it all. So it's not about money. It's just if you want it in this form, it's back there. So I brought a couple of them just to uh, mention so that you can know what's back there. This is a series we did in our church, absolutely changed our church. Looks like about six or so, five or however many here, audios on what happens when you praise God correctly. Well, what do you mean correctly? I mean in spirit and in truth. And so we go into great detail of all the Bible says this changed our church. And uh, how many of you know God inhabits the praises of his people? God goes where you put him. You want God in an area of your life? Praise him over that area of your life. Stop cursing that car and talking about it you know, and kicking it. Start saying, thank you, Jesus, for my car. Thank you for, thank you. Just, just praise him for everything. Right. Amen. Right. So uh, this, this is back there. You can get this. Um, normally $795, but it's just uh, $25 this morning. <laughs> um, I, I came into the service sort of something stirring about the local church. Lord put, put something else to preach on this morning, but... Uh, I want to share a couple of them that are applied to the local church. This one's called Offense, the Trap of Satan. Uh, you know, uh, the Bible says, Paul said, I exercise myself, herein I exercise myself to, to not take offense. Amen? Amen? To not be offended before God and before men. Uh, exercise is work. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, you, you, you know, when you go to the gym, you don't go up to the table, lay down whatever the membership fee is for a month and, and say, I came to get some muscles. I hear you can get muscles in here. Here's, here's my money. I want muscles. And they'll say, they'll take your money. All right. But then they'll say, come over here. And there's a bench with a lot of weight on it. And they'll say, lay down. And then they'll say, take that off the bar and push. No, I didn't want to work. I just wanted muscles. That was funny. Some of you need to look at me like it was funny. You just... Anyway, so, so how many of you know that's the way offense is? You've got to exercise to push it away. It'll come. It's impossible, but that offenses will come. But he said, he didn't say it's impossible to keep from taking offense. He said, it's going to come. But you can keep from taking it. It's a bad spiritual habit to take offense. It's going to keep you being kicked around from pillar to post by the devil by continually taking offense because taking offense opens the door to the devil. So uh, we go into great detail about it. And this is another one that changed our church. Just, just the word of God is our answer. So right here is uh, teaching on that. We go into great, great detail. Uh, and you can get that and uh, be a victor- victorious one over all those things the enemy does. Here's a, a series, I don't know, this 16 or more uh, audios here. We've taught on this a lot in our church. Just a simple series called the Local Church, Local Church Classics, excuse me. Uh, we go into great detail about the, the, the importance of the local church, the, uh, the, the role of the pastor, what it means to be a part of a local church, the supply that, that that ministry has to you as well as your supply to the church. We go into great detail about, you know, without a shepherd, the sheep scatter. Uh, just, just, I mean, uh, you know, 
Praise the Lord. A lot of my life, a lot, lot, of, lot of study time is in here. So it's, it's, it says $70 on the back. It ought to be $799, I think. But that's available back there. Um, then I've got a book here called Living Without Worry. Hey, somebody say that's for me right now. Living Without Worry. We got, uh, I don't know how many chapters here. One of my favorite chapters is this one called uh, uh, The Trouble with Anxiety. Meaning there's different, different things that anxiety opens the door to. And it's amazing when you study the scriptures. That, that chapter has a lot of details in it. We talk about um, you know, not being anxious about money. We talk about uh, learning to cast your care. How many of you know cast your care on the Lord? And uh, controlling your thought life teaches a lot about the thought life. And, and uh, so praise God for the word. This is available back there as well and then here's something that probably the most th- most uh most popular thing we've ever put out these are scripture cds we you have some of these you have them all these are available uh we've got one on the word on rest and peace we've got one on the word on health and healing and that one also actually all of them are in spanish where's brother one all of them are available in spanish except in christ maybe uh, but the uh, the Spanish versions are here. It's uh, I can't pronounce that. Dios and descanos. Descanso. Does that say what is, which one is that? The word on rest and peace. Praise the Lord. So that's all available in Spanish. It's basically piano music, light piano music, reading the scriptures, and we read other translations. Um, the word on rest and peace is probably the most popular one. Maybe 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 the word on health and healing, but. This one has, I was bounded when I was a teenager and tormented in my mind with vexing thoughts. I opened the door to the enemy in my teenage years. And uh, when the Lord started teaching me this, this truth got so real. And there's, some, there's a, something extra on this, extra anointing or something. And we've had many, many, many testimonies. We, we still get them all the time. This has been out for years. But uh, testimonies of people who play this and get ministered to. One of my favorite testimonies is a lady. She was a nurse. She worked in a hospice unit in a hospital, which is a unit you know, where people are at the end of their lives passing on. And she said uh, her unit, she worked the night shift, and her unit was oftentimes uh, had to get extra nursing staff because people were in their latter stages of life and they were agitated for whatever reason, or the, uh, Satan was trying to take advantage of that state of their body or state of their mind or whatever. Um, but uh, they often had to have extra nursing staff. And the, the nurse came to one of the services we did in the, her, her church, and she got a hold of this, and it blessed her so much. She asked her nursing ad- administrator or whoever was in charge there of the hospice wing if she could put this in the audio that, that pumped over the whole hospice wing. And so at nighttime, she got permission, and the nurse said, fine. And at nighttime, they put this CD in and played it over the whole wing of the hospice unit, however many patients were in there. And they had to dismiss nursing staff because the patients were going to sleep and resting. Hallelujah. That's a good, that's a good report. That's a good testimony. Amen. Hallelujah. And we just got another testimony just the other day. Someone who's set free from vexing and tormenting things. The Word builds faith in us. Yes, Amen. Yes. But uh, the Word is also anointed. Yes. 
And uh, peace is the anointing. Peace, peace will come and minister to your soul. God doesn't have, have just something for your spirit or something for your body. He has something for our soul and our mind and our emotions. And, and He wants us to live a peaceful life. Amen? Amen? So that's available. The word on health and healing is available. What else we got? The word on faith and victory. That'll get you out of bed without your coffee in the morning. Amen. Ah. <laughs> no, we, we thank God for uh, the word. It's just, uh, and then we've got one on the in Christ realities. So go back there and get those. Those are all, all back there. And then last thing, come on up, Brother Justin. I'll give you these. The last thing I want to make mention of is back, we, we ministered in Kenneth Hagin Ministries Healing School for six years, I believe. And during that time, you know, you do a lot of study on divine healing. And, and, and one of the things that uh, we put together out of that was a in-detail study of the cases of healing in the Gospels. And then also the cases of the healings of the uh, multitudes. And some of the things that it says. And we put them into categories. We categorize the ones that the, the individuals who were healed by their own faith, for example. Uh, uh, the uh, the uh, accounts that have to do with uh, Jesus initiating the healing. We put those all in a category. We put a little symbol by it, like for here's the nobleman's son. There's a little symbol out here and there's a little code up here. And so the symbol means certain things. And you can, if you say, you know, I want to I wanna look at all the cases in the Gospels where Jesus uh, said that their faith made them whole or, or that you can see their faith. Well, the little symbol, just find the symbol and then you can study all those cases. Isn't that good? And then, you know, like there's cases... Uh, where here's the ones uh, that they, they were healed by the word alone. Uh, and then there's ones that were uh, healed, let's see here, where Jesus initiated the healing. You need to understand there were times that Jesus initiated healing, there were times that people initiated the healing. You know, you don't have to wait for Jesus to initiate your healing. Did you know that? So, uh, and you can just, this is just a, a little study help. Um, then there's ones that chronicle Jesus moved with compassion. Um, then there's ones, there's certain cases where someone believed for another person. You can learn about that. And, that, and studying those cases, you can learn when that will work and when that won't work. And so anyway, that's available back there. I don't even think, we don't even charge for these, do we? Oh, they are $5? Well, praise God. In this meeting, they're free. How's that? Would you like those? So they're back there printed. You can see them back there. If we, if we run out, well, well, we'll use Pastor's ink and his printer. How's that? <laughs> or somehow we can get some more to you. But that's just a, a real blessing. The Lord really uh, put that on our heart, and so many people have enjoyed that. Did you bring your Bible this morning? Glory to God. Open it up if you brought your Bible. In fact, before you open it up, why don't you hold it up? Hold it up and wave it. You're not ashamed of it, are you? You're bold, don't, not ashamed. Say it out loud. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have, and I can do what it says I can do. I'm going to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of God's Word. My mind is alert. My body is awake. My spirit is receptive. I will not be the same after what I hear this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Now, I came to kick the devil and chew bubblegum this morning, and I'm all out of bubblegum. So, we're going get to get with it. All right, go to 1 Timothy chapter number 1. 1 Timothy chapter number 1. I believe God's got something that uh, I was studying and preparing and just praying about uh, these meetings. And I sensed this morning was going to be uh, feeding more along the lines of feeding the sheep and, and uh, ministering uh, to, the, to the sheep. And uh, tonight we're going to go a little different direction. <clears throat> Hallelujah. So we need both of them, don't we? First Timothy chapter number 1, I want you to notice verses 4. We'll start in verse number 4 reading. And we'll go on down. Chapter number 4, excuse me, chapter number 1, verse number 4, down through verse 6. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies. You know, back then they'd study the lineage of Jesus and try to figure out if he was the Messiah. He was, it was, it was all in the lineage, but you, you know, it, it was, there were many other ways to prove he was the Messiah other than trying to figure it out with your head. That you uh, neither give heed to fables. Fables are made up stories. Neither give heed to fable, fables and endless genealogies which minister questions. You can tell if you're feeding on the right things or not. Wrong things will just create more questions than actually settle anything. Notice he said endless genealogies. There are some things that minister endless questions. And they're not faith food. Because he said, Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions, rather than godly edifying, which is in what? Faith. Faith is, is going to... Feeding on the Word of God and feeding on the message of faith will settle some things. You won't go on endlessly wondering. Endlessly questioning. You're never quite knowing for sure. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, faith doesn't continue to keep you up in the air, so to speak, or not knowing or uncertain or unsettled about something. Faith will bring you to the point, the Word says it, that settles it. I don't have any questions about it anymore. I just simply give God's answer. I don't ask the devil's questions. Because the devil is, par he is parked by your ear, the ear of uh, your, your mind. And he's, he's going to continually make suggestions to your mind to try to hold you in suspense and hold you in unbelief rather than in being sure about anything. There are some ministers and ministries that keep you being uncertain about things. And it keeps people from faith. Notice he said endless questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith. The message of faith will settle things. It will settle you. It will settle all questions. You're no longer answer, asking, is it the will of God? You are giving the word of God to those questions because you have settled that the word of God is the answer. And so he said, don't give heed. Pay, that, that's another word for pay attention. Don't pay attention to these things that keep you uncertain, keep you unsettled, that, that make you wonder, you know, is it really true what pastor's preaching? Amen. Well, if it's the word of God, it's true. 
Then he said in verse number five, now the end of the commandment is charity, or that's the Greek word for love, the, the love walk, out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Say it out loud, that last, those last two words, faith unfeigned. Now, you know, this is King James Elizabethan English. We don't talk that way. You haven't, I, no one, when I walked in this morning, no one said, my faith is unfeigned. Right. <laughs> that's not a word we use a whole lot. So we got to get look at definitions. That's, what does that mean? Faith unfeigned. Un means not, and feigned means pretend. So let's read it that way. The end of the commandment is love out of a pure heart, of a good conscience, and an unpretended faith. Or let's just take the opposite of it. Genuine faith. The real deal. Huh? Come on now. Not something fake. Isn't that right? Then notice the next verse. From which, in other words, from unfeigned faith, from, from uh, this genuine faith, whenever people have swerved, they've turned aside unto vain jangling. Well, there's something else no one said to me when I came through the door. That's just a bunch of vain jangling. <laughs> you know, what? What is that? All right, we've got to look it up again, and you've got to look in the Greek. What does it mean? Uh, jangling, vain means empty, and many translations will say empty words. Many, that's the way it'll describe it. Weymouth translation says, have wandered into empty words. Other translations say a wilderness of words. So jangling is referring to words. In other words, they're spouting things off. It sounds like faith, because we see the context here, unfeigned faith, faith unfeigned, unpretended. It's a, it sounds like faith, but it's not the real deal. It's not genuine. Amen? And they are making confessions, speaking words. Uh, Weymouth says they've wandered into empty words. Other translations, a wilderness of words. The message translation calls it wandering into a cul-de-sac. You know, if you drive, you're, you're driving around somewhere and you drive into a cul-de-sac, that's the end right there. You're not going any further. So you can see from the way these translations are, are, are interpreting this that he's talking about just a bunch of empty talk that sounds like faith to the untrained ear, to the un, uh, undiscerning. It sounds like faith, but it's not the real deal. Can you say amen? amen. In other words, uh, they, what they're speaking uh, isn't taking them anywhere. It's a dead end. You know real faith works? I said real faith works. This is a faith church. Word and spirit church. Both, both word and spirit church. But, but uh, you know, no matter where we are in the body of Christ or what time it is, uh, the message of faith never changes. Amen. We live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The Bible said we please God by faith. It's impossible without faith to please God. You know, the Bible says we receive by faith. Uh, this is the victory. That overcomes the world, even our what? Faith. Even our faith. Yes. 
Well, you know, that used to be, that they, I mean, the faith era was, uh, you know, you know, time when God emphasized faith, but we're moving into other things. Yeah, and you never let go of what God took 30, 40 years to try to get established into the body of Christ. It's not about moving on and letting go of the message of faith. It's about building on what He has already established. We never move off of the foundation which has been laid. Can you say amen? I know at Brother Hagin's funeral, memorial service, that was back in 2003, we were there. And uh, I'll never forget it. They went, the, the family was talking and there was a lot happening and, and so forth. But I'll never forget it. At one point, there was a little bit of a break in the ceremony and I just sort of zoned out and I said, Lord, I just started talking to the Lord. I said, Lord, you know... What you, is there anything you have to say to me about this? Brother Hagin moving on and so forth. And uh, he, said similar, uh, he said other things since that time. But, but he did say this at the memorial service to me. He said, keep preaching faith. He's speaking to me. Keep preaching faith. He said this. He said, the time will come when faith will almost be like, the message of faith will almost be like a new message in the body of Christ. And he said, even among those who call themselves word of faith. Now, I have actually begun to witness that and see that that's some people who used to preach faith strong. Now, I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about just, just wherever. People that used to preach faith strong and preach it bold and, and make an emphasis of it have said, well, you know, God's moving to different things. Well... We know he's adding to the church and we are progressing. We're going from revelation to more revelation. We, I'm not saying that there aren't other things that God's saying you need to emphasize. I'm simply saying we never move off of preaching faith. I pastored where I pastored for over 20 years. Let's see, two, yeah, almost 20 years now. And uh, the Lord, for uh, this was about two, three years ago, the Lord said, I'm giving you a new emphasis to emphasize here at Spirit of Faith Family Church. That's the name of our church. And he said, uh, and he said I want you to train this congregation further now in the things of the Spirit and moving with the Spirit, which we have done over all those years of 17 years, whenever the Lord said this. It hasn't been like it hasn't been there, but, but uh, we just emphasized some other things, you know, just getting believers established on the Word of God. And he said, I'm giving you a new emphasis in, the, in, in your church to uh, <clears throat> train your congregation to move with the things of the Spirit. He said, in prayer and in services, and he was talking to me about it. But he said, he said, every year I want you to do a series, an extended series on the subject of faith so that that's not lost. Amen. See, why? Because the just shall live by faith. No matter what kind of move of the Spirit we have, it all comes back to believing God and using our faith in our personal lives for what God wants to do in our lives. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So uh, we want to learn something about it. I think this verse is a place that the Lord's been talking to me about since I got here. I was praying in the Spirit and this came up in my heart. So uh, we want to look at this. Can you learn anything more about faith? You know, people get... Uh, People, people use, how should I say this? People are practicing what they call faith and nothing is happening. 
Because real faith works, but fake faith doesn't. And they get discouraged, disillusioned, confused, disheartened, and they say, see, that faith business doesn't work. No, what they were doing doesn't work. But real faith works. Real faith works. Real faith receives. Oh, glory. And listen, if while we're sharing some things today, you discover what I've been doing is not real faith, don't think it's bad news. It's good news because now you can make the adjustment and what has not been working will start working. And listen, when the word is working, when faith is working, it's exciting. Whoa, glory be to God. It's working, it's working. And guess what? Others will start seeing it's working. And they'll be drawn to it because, you know, they, people are looking for something that works. Hallelujah. Now, unfeigned. Let's look at this a little bit. Un means not. Feigned basically means a false appearance. I remember years ago, uh, there was a, uh, an individual, we, like I said, we ministered at Kenneth Hagin Ministers Healing School for about six years. And there was, uh, you learn some things. Brother Hagin said and the purpose and the vision of healing school uh, there in his ministry was to uh, minister to the sick, obviously. He said, it's not a healing crusade, it's a healing school. School people into faith. And, um, and then he said, number two vision is to raise up through those who help there, raise up what he called divine healing technicians. Now, you might say, what is a divine healing technician? Well, notice the terminology. Uh, you know, a, a, a medical technician or a medical nurse, doctor, whatever, they practice medicine. They practice in their field, you know, through medicine, op learning about medicine, learning about operations, learning about the physical body, and how to uh, treat diseases with the natural medications that they have formulated or whatever, or whatever operations they've learned to do. And uh, they are practiced, they are skilled, and they're trained in doing it that way. Well, Brother Hagin said a divine healing technician is someone who has become skilled in the word at diagnosing and prescribing the word to people's situations. Amen. Now, every situation is different. The word works for all of us. But there are times people are trying to make the message of faith work whenever there are, there are things that are hindering that faith. You know what I'm talking about? I remember, I'm going to get to finish telling that story, but let me tell this other story first. I remember a lady came up to me after one of the services. This is healing school, can I take a ministry? She said, um, I'd like you to, uh, my, my husband and I came. He has been diagnosed with a, I don't think it was terminal, but it was incurable, something that the medical field couldn't cure. Uh, and uh, it's just been getting worse and worse. And they said, uh, I mean, this lady said, if, if you would, talk to my husband I'd like you to talk to him I said well I don't even know who your husband is and while she's talking to me it's after the service we're up front there's a man in the back kind of walking back and forth and I perceived in my spirit it was him her husband and I said is that your husband back there she said yeah I said call him up here I just had a prompting call him up here Amen. and uh, so he came up 
And so I said, go ahead, sister. So she started, or she continued to tell me about the situation he was in and what medical science has said about it and, and uh, you know, the incurable part. And she was giving details about it and she must have got some of the details wrong about the timeline of how long it had been and so forth. And so I don't know what detail, I don't even know. She must have said something wrong. And he, he, this guy, I mean, it was embarrassing. This guy jumped all over his wife, chewed her out. You never get the details right. You know, he just, he just chewed her out. It was embarrassing. And I looked in her eyes, because the Bible said the eyes are the window of the soul. And I could see it in her eyes. This isn't the first time this has happened. This has been a lifestyle. You know what I'm talking about? Because you can see it in her eyes. Oh, he's doing it again. Fear. You can see the surprise that he was doing it in front of the preacher. Which is an amazing thing. I mean, you get your conscience so seared. Anyway. Anyway, I don't have much tolerance. I got a barn. I'm, I'm going to build a barn. I, got, I just bought a property and put a house on it. I'm going to put a barn on it just for guys like that. You know what I'm talking about? So I can take them behind the barn. <laughs> you heard that say? <laughs> anyway, but I looked in her eyes and she was, she was amazed. She was, she was, you could see it, her face flush. And I said, I said uh, well, actually, this is years and years and years ago. I was younger in ministry. I didn't have the boldness to tell this guy that, you know, this is the reason. She was wondering what the reason was that he hadn't been able to receive. And, and I, I was so shocked. I was, I was just flabbergasted. Yeah, I'm bolder now than I used to be. I'll walk up to you now and I'll say, hey, uh, you know what? You know, (laughs) but back then I wasn't as bold. And I didn't say to the guy, but I I was thinking it. I said, you're not going to receive either not walking in love like that. You can make confessions. You can go through all the motions. You can even impress everybody around you that you're in faith. But it's fake. Huh? I said, huh? Amen. Faith works by love. Amen. Well, see, it wasn't the real deal. And the first story I began to tell you was a man there in healing school that he would come and he would shout and he would say amen. He would, he would make confessions and all that. And, uh, and then he died. And uh, his wife came to us and said, you probably wonder what was going on. I said, well, you know, it's not my business, but, you know, she wanted to say something. And she said, well, really, I mean, he would, he would make all the confessions and everything. And, but then when he would go home, he would make funeral plans. He would say, now, at my funeral, I want you to, you know, sing this song and so forth and so on. So all that vain jangling... All that talk was empty. Huh? It wasn't genuine. It was just doing what the preacher said we should do. But it wasn't because he genuinely believed that. Well, are you still out there? So uh, there is a false appearance of faith. There is such a thing. Can you say amen? Ruth says, a faith that is not assumed, but real. That's the kind we should have. Basic, Bible in basic English, English says, true faith. 
Uh, another one says genuine faith. Another one says whose faith in God is real. So it's something, he said, faith is not to be pretended. Isn't that right? Something that's not fake. It's not phony. Phony things, we, our culture is full of phoniness. You know what I mean by phoniness? I'm talking about fake stuff. Now, some things, there's nothing wrong with it being fake. Like, we've got uh, fake gold and, you know, that rings, that rings gold. But, you know, there's a lot of jewelry that's, that's my wedding ring. That's real. That's the real deal. But, you know, there's gold necklaces that aren't really gold. You know, they wear off and they tarnish. And it looks like it's real, but it's fake. We've got fake teeth. Fake hair. I'm not. I'm not criticizing any of that. Hey, anything to make you look better? Let's let's go for it. You know. <laughs> you know. But there's there's imitation bacon. There's imitation fish. Imitation crab. Huh? That ain't right. That's right. Uh, how many of you like the real stuff? I mean, you know, the imitation is just not good enough. But, and, and listen, that's all fine. Not, I'm in the natural realm, nothing wrong with, hey, whatever. But when it gets into our spiritual life, now that's going to get us in trouble. I said, that's going to get us in trouble. Amen. You, you don't want, um, you know, actually, the, the point is here, God's warning us about something fake, which tells us that there is such a thing. God wouldn't warn us about something if there was no such thing. The devil is so afraid of faith that he, the devil's not a creator. He never came up with anything, but he will imitate something that God has and give us and offer us a cheap substitute in order to get us busy in it so that we stay away from the real. Because he's afraid of the real. That's why he presents something fake. Because the real will defeat him. And he's happy to keep us away from the real by offering us something phony. And keeping us occupied with the phony. You know the danger of operating in phony faith? Is it keeps us from real... It may, if we think we are in real faith and we're applying uh, this phony thing and doing this phony thing, but it's not real, the danger is it keeps us away from the real because we think this is real. And the devil's happy to keep you and I away from real faith. I'm telling you, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We have a, a you know, you could say a tool in our toolbox, so to speak, to give us victory every single time, and the devil hates it. So he's throwing all sorts of fake imitation faith and can giving people the idea that that is faith in order to keep people from operating in the real thing. Amen. Praise God. The devil's not a creator. But he, he does make deceptively close imitations of what God's got for us. So, um, you know, the God kind of faith, that kind of faith, the real faith works. You might say, well, I need some definitions of what's real. Just hold on. You're, you're going to get a little bit of help here this morning. Amen. Amen. So um, every time God's faith, the real faith, works. 
Everybody in this room, including me, every one of us had at one time or another prayed a prayer of faith and it didn't work. I remember, see what I did? I said this. I can't, I can't do this. Prayed a prayer of faith. <clears throat> huh? Come on. Somebody said, that faith stuff doesn't work. No, what we did doesn't work. But the real faith works. I said, the real faith works. I said, the real faith works. Hallelujah. Every time. Hallelujah. Every time. Every time. We, we haven't always worked it, but the real faith works. Hallelujah. God didn't fail when we prayed that prayer of faith. God didn't fail. How many of you know he's faithful to his word? Let God be true and every man a liar. Faith didn't fail. I don't like that term. People say they had a faith failure. Uh, I wouldn't say that. I don't like that term. Faith, faith and failure don't go in the same sentence. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Faith has victory. Faith doesn't fail. Faith, real faith, is built on the Word of God. Which gives you a little insight into something about the phony faith. It's not based on something God said. It's based on something that people pulled out of the air and decided they're going to believe it. Real faith has a foundation under it. This is what God said. Whether it's the written word or God actually spoke to their spirit about it. Let me give you an illustration. <clears throat> I was ministering in healing school and there was a man, <clears throat> this was years ago, there was a man that was coming continually. We, we, they, people most of the time came for a week. Sometimes they came and stayed longer depending on what there was in their heart. But um, this man had, uh, I think he lived in the area if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> but so he was there, you know, more than usual, more than others most of the time. And so he was, uh, he had a condition it was, it, it could have been terminal eventually, but the doctor said they could do an operation and it would, it would fix it. it he, he would live. And so um, he was coming to healing school and learning to walk by faith, learning to receive from God. And then he was admitted to the hospital there, right there in Broken Arrow, where, where healing school was. And so somebody told us about him being admitted. And so uh, I said, oh, I'll go up and I'll visit him. And so I went up there and I remember going up the elevator and I was saying to the Lord, I said to the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to say to him? <clears throat> now, I didn't know what was going on in his heart and his life and anything. I just knew I was, I was just getting direction from the Lord. <clears throat> I said, Lord, what do you want me to say to him? And the Lord spoke to me. He said this. He said, you say to him over and over and over again. When I got into the room and heard the story, I realized why. But he said, you say to him, faith means you're certain. Faith means you're sure. If you look up the word faith in the New Testament over and over again, the word faith is, is used, other words are used for faith. It means sometimes the word persuaded is used, you know. Uh, uh, remember, Abraham is fully persuaded. And you can find the word certain, you can find the word sure. All these words are, are synonyms, you might say. So, so the Lord said, when you go up there, you, you say to him, Faith means you're certain. Faith means you're sure. 
Now, I didn't know in my mind, Pastor, why the Lord was dealing with me about that. But I got there into the room and I found out why. I was talking to him and his wife was there. And you, first of all, when I walked into the room, there was tension in the room. You know, everybody had piped down and gotten quiet by the time I got there. But, but spiritual atmospheres are real. You can sense spiritual. You ever walked in a room and sensed something? There was an argument happened in here or something. There's a, the atmosphere was tense. I walked into the hospital room and the atmosphere was tense. Well, that isn't going to help your faith. But I didn't know what had happened. I didn't know what they had been arguing about or whatever. Because um, they didn't do it in front of me. But I said, I said, well, I came, I just, you know, he knew me. He had been to healing school. And I said, uh, just came to encourage you, minister to you, and so forth. And so he said, the Lord told me to not to have the operation. Well, the Lord could say that. You know. I don't know. The Lord could say that. But, since that's not in the Bible per se... The Lord could not have said that. Let me just tell you something. Because Brother Hagin said he was wanting to raise up divine healing technicians. Let me tell you one of the ways they taught us to be a divine healing technician. A divine healing technician diagnoses and prescribes. Diagnoses what the need is and prescribes God's answer. Like a lady I sat down with one day in healing school. She was... She, was, she came for healing from cancer, healing of cancer. I don't remember back here somewhere growing on, I don't, is the liver back here? Some, some, anyway, there's, there's an organ right back here. Yeah, and she had, she had a tumor on, whatever that was back there. And I sat down and talked to her, and fear was coming out of her. She was afraid, she, she was a nurse, she knew all the conditions of cancer, she knew all the stages, she knew what was coming next as far as the medical science field says. And so, and as I sat down and talked to her, she's full of fear. I took her over to Hebrews 2 that shows that because of the fear of the thing, we become subject to it. Fear is the devil's faith. Amen. It's a morbid thing. It attracts the very thing you don't want in your life. It's the devil's faith. And so I showed her that, and that lady, she saw it. She said, that's what I did. I opened, my, I opened myself to cancer. Because, you know, you get around the medical field and you see it all the time. And open myself to fear of cancer and it, it opened the door to it. That lady slammed that door closed so quick, I didn't even get to pray for her. Oh, I, I loved her heart. She just slammed that door closed. I mean, she said no to fear. She slammed the door closed. And I just, after she shut the door, I just said, well, sister, in the name of Jesus, receive. Be healed. She went back to her doctor, same doctor up in New England that had diagnosed her, and the cancer was gone. Someone says she was diagnosed with cancer. No, she was diagnosed with fear. Huh? Come on now. The Brother Hagin said, diagnose and prescribe. Diagnose by the Spirit. You never see Jesus saying, hey, here's, here's the diagnosis. Take these three pills. No, I'm not preaching against that. I'm simply saying he's, he's a divine healing technician. He's ministering from the spirit realm. And that's what Brother Hagin wanted to teach us. So anyway, and so she was healed. Now, remember I said there was another man I went up and visited in the hospital. How many of you, that wasn't the same lady. That, that, that was, there was a man. Remember, that was a lady. This is a man. And so, uh, but anyway, I'm up in this hospital room and this man said, the Lord told me not to have the operation. Well, the Lord could say that. Or the Lord could not have said that. Uh, and so, 
Somebody said, well, okay, let's agree with... Well, I can't agree with somebody that I don't know for sure the Lord said that. If the Lord said it to them, they can have faith because faith comes by hearing. Somebody said, I know all this. That doesn't mean you know, you're actually applying it. So, so the, he said, the Lord told me not to have the operation. Except in here, I knew the Lord didn't. Because the Lord said, uh, well, but let me back up. When, when they taught us in healing school, as a divine healing technician, you diagnose, but you do it by the Spirit. And you don't just listen to what people say, you listen to the Spirit within you when they say it. Now, I'm not talking about congregation members running around and being a faith confession policemen to each other. I'm talking about ministers who people come to for help. <laughs> I just wanted to help you out on that. That's all free, Pastor. So these are people that came to us for help. I'm not running around, you know, putting off my confession siren because, ah, that's not faith. That's not, hey, their life is my, their life unless they come to me for help. All right, now I'm going to help them, but I'm going to do it by the Spirit. And so I checked my spirit because they taught us to do that. Don't just listen to what they say, but listen to what your spirit's saying or the witness of the Spirit whenever they say it. I checked inside, and I didn't get that. But you can't argue with people. You can't say, the Lord didn't say that. They're just going to say, yes, He did. You don't get anywhere with that. So, so I realized what the Lord had told me to say. He said, and I, and I repeated it to this man over and over and over again. I said, faith means you're certain. Faith means you're sure. Yeah, he, he agreed with that. Faith means you're certain. Faith means you're sure. We talked a minute and I said, faith means you're certain. Praise God, you're sure. Yeah, he agreed with me. Faith, I said, it, I don't think I'm exaggerating. I think I said it at least 20 times before I left that hospital room. Faith, because the Lord said, tell him. Say, so I kept saying it. Faith means you're certain. Faith means you're sure. People think faith means you're making a confession, even if you believe it or not. No. Let me, let me give you a challenge. Go home and in the New Testament, hear what I said, in the New Testament, say New Testament. I challenge you to show me a verse that says, that in the teachings of the epistles, primarily, I'm talking about the teachings of the Word of God, not just what somebody did, but in the teachings of the Word of God, I challenge you to find a verse that says to, to confess the Word. See, you can feel that. Do you feel that? <laughs> the emphasis is not on confess the Word, it's on confess your faith, which is based on the Word, or should be, should be based on the Word, Right? So what I'm saying is people are missing a step. They just think because they're saying the word that that's faith. Well, a parrot can say the word. Doesn't mean he's a faith parrot. You can teach him to say, I am straight, I am healed. <laughs> and the next sentence, cuss. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make him a fake parrot. Come on now. The, the emphasis is on speak your, what you believe. The Bible talks about the confession of our faith. 
faith is being certain of what we're, in other words, it's a confession of what we're certain of. You say, what if I'm not certain? Well, go ahead and say it. But don't think it's a confession of faith. It's a confession unto faith. I don't know why this isn't working. Because you don't believe it yet. Now, I'm not talking about in your head. Your head never will believe it. I got a lot of people thinking and looking at me. So it's, it's fake when it's just words, but no, you're not convinced. Amen. And this man said to me, he said, the Lord said to me not to have the operation, which I told you earlier, the doctors had said if, we had, if he had the operation, it would, it would cure the situation. He would live long. And, uh, and so I just said, faith means you're certain. Faith means you're sure. And uh, I didn't even pray for his healing. Because I knew inside, he's not in faith. Are you there? So, they taught us in healing school, don't just believe everything everybody says. The Lord said this. Well, he might, he might have. He might not have. Like a man I was ministering up in, uh, what was it, North Dakota? And... Uh, I had a word of knowledge. Somebody had some problems with their feet or something. And this man came up and he said, up there, you know, they wear cowboy boots. Everybody wears cowboy boots. He said, I can't wear my cowboy boots. And uh, I said, well, what is this about uh, an insurance claim? He looked at me like, the Holy Ghost just ratted on me. (laughs) He said, well... They said they could operate, but I think it was on his toes or something. They said they could operate, but if they did, then I would, I would lose my benefits at work. Some sort of free payout because of the condition. I said, oh. I said, you going to change that? <laughs> you willing to change that? He said, yeah. I laid hands on him and he was healed. Amen. Everybody's still glad you came to church this morning. He was going through all the motions, but he wasn't in faith. Well, this man was the same way up in the hospital room. We don't want to leave him up there. And so I said, faith means you're certain. Faith means you're sure. And I didn't pray for his healing. I said, Father, open the eyes of his understanding. Show him what, you have, what you're saying to him and so forth and so on. You know, so he didn't, at least didn't feel neglected. He came up here and didn't even pray for me. I prayed for him. Just didn't pray for his healing. Because I learned not everything, not anybody. You, you don't pray. You frustrate your faith praying for things and not getting them. Yeah, you get discouraged and you get confused. And yes. amen. amen. So I, I just told my congregation recently, I'm not going to pray with you just because you told me God said so. If God said something to you, you prove it. I'm talking about the prayer of agreement. Yeah. Don't come to me about praying the prayer of agreement if I'm not sure. Right. Yeah. If you heard God, you believe God. And if it was God, it'll work. But if God hadn't told me, I can't. See, faith comes by hearing. And not hearing you talk. Faith comes by hearing God talk. Because I got tired of praying a prayer of agreement and it didn't work out because they were not in faith. So I said to this man, I said, you know, faith means you're certain. Faith means you're sure. Pray to prayer. Left. And uh, the next day, the next day, I, uh, got a, we got a call to healing school that he had had the operation and wanted somebody to come see him. So I went back up there the next day. 
And uh, he was laying there in the bed. He had had the operation. He was laying there in the bed. And he said, uh, I went to bed last night. And he said, went started falling asleep. And he said, those words, faith means you're certain. Faith means you're sure. He said, they just stood at the end of the bed all night long. Just staring at me. Just talking to me. And I started thinking, did God actually say to me not to have the operation? And he had to acknowledge, no, God had not said that. That was just his desire. How many of you know nobody desires to have an operation? (laughs) But that doesn't mean, well, I don't want to have an operation. That doesn't mean you're in faith to not have an operation. Desire and faith are two different things. Oh, my goodness. How much more time you got? I haven't even got off the first page, second page of my notes. And so he said, those words, they just stood at the foot of my bed all night long. And he said, I don't know that God said that. He said, that's just what I desired. He said, the next morning, first thing before, before the sun even came up, you know how nurses come in. He said to the nurse, listen, I, I changed my mind. I'm going to have this operation. And they went in and they had the operation. And the doctor said, we got him just in time. There were some things getting ready to be irreversible. But we got it just in time. And so I was talking to him and, and his wife piped up and said, that's what we were arguing about. Remember I told you the, the room was filled with tension? Filled with tension? She said, that's what we were arguing about. Because I knew God didn't say that to him. And you know what it was again? I don't know why I'm on this this morning, but it was over an insurance claim. If he actually was cured, he, he wouldn't be able to get certain benefits from disability, whatever, you know, however that works. And uh, he wanted those benefits. So he made up, he laid it off on God that God said, don't have the operation. And all he was saying sounded to the undiscerning ear, sounded like faith. But it was fake. Huh? You still glad you came this morning? (laughs) I said it was fake. It wasn't the real deal. So praise the Lord. Not praise the Lord that it wasn't the real deal. Praise the Lord. God's looking for some genuine faith folk. Hallelujah. But see, people do things like that man was doing and get nothing. Because fake faith doesn't work. Get nothing. Faith comes by hearing. You got to hear God speak either through the word of God or if it's a issue like the Bible doesn't talk about. Let's take marriage, for example. The Bible doesn't talk about, you know, thus saith the Lord, uh, Jim Jim Smith is to marry uh, Rebecca Jones or, you know. That's not in the Word. You discern that in your own heart by the leading of the Spirit. Isn't that right? So you got to hear from God along those lines in a more specific way from the Holy Spirit. And that's where people make things up. You know what I'm talking about? They say God said something when, no, it was just their desire. And sometimes even contrary to the Word. Like the Word will say, don't be unequally yoked together. And they'll say, yeah, but the Lord told me he's going to get saved, so forth. Oh, really? Oh, so the Bible's a lie. Okay, let's cut that verse out. Let's just get the scissors out. Shh, cut that out. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. I'm getting some funny looks, Pastor. 
You still glad you came? Yes. Praise the Lord. What if something somebody did didn't work? I'm not talking about in this area of faith. It was fake. Ouch. <laughs> Amen. Well, that's good news. If we find out something's been fake, we can make the changes. All right. All right. Praise the Lord. How many of you know whenever you're going in, I'm, I'm, I'm using an illustration about doctors. What if you're going into a doctor and uh, they're wheeling you into the uh, operating room to have an operation and you look up at him and you say that, to the doctor and you say, have you ever done this before? Ever done this operation before? <clears throat> and he goes, no. But he said, you don't have to be concerned about it because I've been playing a doctor on TV for years. <laughs> <laughs> He's a pretend doctor. Huh? But you don't need to be concerned. How many of you don't? You need to be concerned. Right? Amen. Come on. That's a fake doctor. Amen. How many of you know if your relatives, let's say you say, oh, okay, you've played it on TV. Okay, go ahead. And the call comes after 30 minutes of operation. We've lost the patient. We've lost the patient. How many of you know your family shouldn't say, see, those doctors, they're all fake. You've you got to be careful of doctors. You, you, you just shouldn't ever have anything to do with doctors. Those doctors are dangerous. They're misleading people. No, fake ones are. But that doesn't mean there's not real, genuine doctors. Same thing with faith. Same thing with faith. People, they, they do what they call faith and it doesn't work out. And then people say, see that faith business, there's nothing to that faith business. If I was you, I'd stop going to that church. They give people false hope. That's dangerous. You know what I'm talking about? No, fake stuff is dangerous. Not the real thing. Amen. And you shouldn't ever say, I'm not going to ever, ever have anything to do again with faith people because, see, I tried that and it doesn't work. Well, it'd be like your family saying, I'm not going to have anything to do with doctors anymore because, you know, our relative here went into a doctor and had an operation and died. Doctors are dangerous. Stay away from them. Don't ever do, have anything to do with doctors. That's not, that's not, no. No, that's misrepresenting doctors. And fake faith misrepresents the real faith. Come on, amen? We got to identify some of this fake stuff before we can really know what the genuine is. Amen. All right, so having done all of that, let's say some things about what some fake faith it really is. Here's one, one fake faith. It's imitating somebody else's faith. Acts 19, 11 through 16. I won't take the time because we're already running out of time. <clears throat> Acts 19, 11 through 16 is the story of the seven sons of Sceva trying to cast the devil out of a man in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. <laughs> That's an interesting way of saying it, isn't it? And so uh, they 
must have seen Paul cast demons out or heard of Paul casting demons out or something. And they said, ah, do you see how he did that? He got up in that man's face, got his finger 14 inches from his nose, cocked his head and said, in the name, said it real loud, in the name, come out, Jesus, come out. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. How did he do that? He cocked his head. He put his finger. They, they tried it on a guy and the guy jumped on him, tore their clothes off, beat him up, beat the stuffing out of him. You know, what I'm, one guy beating up seven guys full of the devil. <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, people could see that and say, man, that exercising authority stuff. That's, no, that's not real. That's dangerous. Don't try that. You'll end up in the hospital, man. That's just... You know what I'm talking about? Don't ever try that. Those people that do that stuff, you need to leave that church. Man, that's dangerous. No, what they did was dangerous. Not real faith. See, exercising authority is done by faith. Amen. So they tried it. How many of you know there's a difference between trying it and doing it? They tried it and it didn't work. Amen? Amen. Come out! Boom! <laughs> and tears the clothes off. And they went away. You could almost add a verse to the Bible. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not promoting adding verses to the Bible, but you could almost add a verse to the Bible. And they went away naked and hurt and went to the hospital and told the doctor that deliverance stuff doesn't work. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> no, what they did doesn't work. But not real <laughs> authority by faith actually does work. Amen. But people say, See, that proves that faith stuff doesn't work. No, no, it doesn't prove anything. It proved what you did doesn't work. Isn't that right? Well, praise the Lord. If somebody died prematurely or threw their medicine away in the name of faith and went into a coma and died or something like that, you realize that that's not we shouldn't look at that and say, see, the word doesn't work or that faith doesn't work. You don't know what they really believed. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Say imitation faith. I remember a man at Ramah when we were there, this story went around. <laughs> Stories sometimes go around, you know. I'm not talking about gossip. I'm just talking about stories that really push, really bring the word home. Uh, he heard, if I remember right, it was because of Brother Copeland that gave a car away and got another car. He heard Brother Copeland preach that. He was a Raymond student. He heard Brother Copeland preach that. He said, oh, that's what I'm going to do. He gave his car away thinking, you know, whatever, by, by 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, I'll have me a new Cadillac, you know. And he walked for the rest of the year. Hello? It wasn't something that he heard God say do. That he had a revelation of. He was just imitating somebody else. It looked like faith. Right? 
I'm sowing a seed. I'm going to get, I'm going to get another. It sounded like faith to the undiscerning ear. That's faith. But see, there's more to faith than just what it sounds like. It's, it's, it's you've heard from God on the inside. Hallelujah. God spoke to us years ago. This was years ago. I'm talking, oh, I'd, I'd have to look up the date, about aviation. And, and for our ministry and some of the things that we were called to do, he was going to need us to get into aviation. <clears throat> he spoke to us about that years ago. And uh, so he, and he told me, don't set anything else in motion now. There's a long story to it. I don't have time to get into it. But he said, don't set anything else in motion now. So I started saying that, just saying that. Hallelujah. I said, there were some things he told me, and then I say what, what he said about it. And so then recently the Lord said... Uh, I was talking to the Lord about another, he was talking to me about, first of all, he's talking to me about another phase of ministry. And so I was talking to him about what is, I asked him, what is in that phase of ministry? Now, with all sincerity, Pastor, I was not expecting him to say, I wasn't thinking about aviation. I was asking about the anointing. What's in that phase in the anointing? Before God, that's what I was asking him. And uh, I think the Lord does things certain ways sometimes, just to let you know it wasn't you that thought that up. And I said, what's in phase three? Fully thinking about, he's going to talk to me about the anointing, you know, things like that. And he said, the aircraft is in phase three. Whoa. I said, well, that means, that tells me, because he said we were moving into phase three. That tells me we're getting closer to that. Hallelujah. See, the Lord spoke. That's not the first time he spoke. And he spoke to us years ago about it. But the Lord spoke. And so I began to take some steps. I began to say, Lord, who's the pilot? Who do we train? And so forth. And God showed us who that is. And, and, uh, and uh, we started training him. And, and it costs money. I don't know if you've ever gotten into aviation. <laughs> but it costs money. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so, but, but there's been an easy flow. Just an easy flow. The training, the cost of the training. It is, we haven't even missed the money. It has been wonderful, yeah. wonderful. See, because we are doing it in faith. Yeah. But you could hear that and see that and say, oh, that's what I want to do. Right. Without hearing from God, you're just trying. Huh? Come on now. It's not, you can't, faith is not imitating a word from, that God gave to somebody else. You've got to hear from God for yourself. I said, hear for yourself. Glory. And I'm telling you, hear for yourself. It'll work. It'll work. I said, it'll work. Hallelujah. Listen, what I'm talking about, aviation, it's not a status symbol or something like that. It's a tool for the call of God. Amen. So people get into all kinds of things. I'm going to do it because, wow, that's really fun or that's really, that's convenient or that would make me look big or like an important preacher or whatever. It's, people get into it for those reasons and that's not the real deal. I want to drive this home this morning. I'm almost done. I said, that's not the real deal. It's fake. Amen. And so uh, we need to understand these things. Let's wrap this up by, by uh, going to the next one. And this is going to be real quick. Another kind, fake kind of faith is faith that just presumes. It's called presumptuous faith. 
presumptuous faith is found in Numbers 14, where it talks about God spoke to Israel to go and take Canaan's land, and they said, we can't, and they complained. You know the story. And God said, all right, then. If you read the whole story, God said, all right, then turn and go back out into the wilderness. And he said, uh, doubtless, you'll not go in. In other words, without faith, you'll not go in. And he said, now you turn. God had been telling them for chapter after chapter after chapter, go in and possess the land. I've given you, Deuteronomy 1 talks about, I've given you the land, go in and possess it. Given you the land, go in and possess it. And so the time came to go possess it and they complained and got into unbelief and wouldn't go in and, and, you know, even started getting, even wanted to stone the people that were encouraging them to go in. And, and even wanting to get rid of leadership and rebel. See, this is actually rebellion against God's instructions. And so God said, all right, all right, you want to be in unbelief? Turn and go back out into the wilderness. And he was planning on waiting for that generation to die off and take the next generation in. Still glad you came this morning? <laughs> and uh, he said, turn, go back out in the wilderness. For a long time he had been saying, go and possess it. Now he said, don't. Go, out, go, go back out in the wilderness. They realized, uh-oh, we made a mistake. So they said, if you read the whole 14th chapter, they said, they got up the next morning and they said, uh, Moses, we've changed our mind. We're going in. We're going to possess it. We're going to do what God said. Moses said, don't do it. God already said, go back out into the wilderness. Yeah, but we've changed our mind. Yeah, but God said, don't. They said, we're going up anyway. God, he said, Moses said, God's not going up with you. You're going to fall before your enemies. They went up and were completely defeated. And the Bible said they presumed to go up in the 14th chapter there. They presumed. What does that mean? If you look up the word presumed, it means to just do something without direction. Without actually hearing God speak. Just assuming that uh, God would have you do something rather than actually hearing from God. Amen? Amen. And they fell flat on their face. Now, if you look at the verse that, say, that says, we're going to go up, we're going to possess it, the Lord will give it to us, it looks like faith. But if you read the whole context where God said, don't do it, it doesn't look like faith anymore. It looks like rebellion. Yep. Yep. But see, that's the way we see people's lives. We just hear them making a statement, but we don't know all the dealings of God all around it. Like that man in the hospital I was talking about, it sounded like faith. Just like these people said, we're going to go up, we're going to take it. God will, God will give it to us. God had already said, don't go out into the wilderness. Isn't that right? So what looked like faith by reading only one verse, when you read the context, looks like rebellion. Looks like disobedience. But that's the way we come into people's lives sometimes and they say, God said this. Sounds like faith. God could have said that. But... We don't know all that he said, so we don't know. It could actually be disobedience. I could give you stories, but I'm out of time. <laughs> Are you glad you came this morning? Thank God for the word. I said, thank God for the word. This might not make you want to run the aisle this morning. I haven't seen anybody running the aisle. But uh, it'll spare you a lot of heartache. 
It'll spare you years of going through the motions, spinning your wheels, getting nowhere, getting more confused and less sure about the Word actually working and, and all of that. Can you see what I'm talking about? Um, if you can't go back in time and know when God actually said that to you, then you might think you're in faith, but you're not. I remember, uh, um, I remember I'm closing. This is the last story. Stories help us, don't they? I remember years ago, this pastor, a friend of ours, I just kept sensing, you know, God has something else for him. He's, I'm not even sure where he's supposed to be fitting. I never said anything to him. Um, but I just kept sensing it. And, uh, and uh, one day, Dr. Dufresne said to me some things about it. He asked me one day about a couple of different times. He asked me in, in this situation. He did. And he said, uh, is that man a pastor? I said, you know, I thought about when God asked Ezekiel that question. And Ezekiel said, oh, Lord, thou knowest. You know, remember that story? I said to doctor, I said, uh, well, Dr. Frayne, uh, you know. He said, no, I'm asking you. I said, uh, well, I was taught by him that whenever the generals are in town, the sergeants ain't got nothing to say. I was trying to avoid it. He said, no, I'm asking you. And I think I said something else stupid for a while. He got real upset. He said, I'm asking you. I said, brother, uh, Dr. Dufresne, I don't, I don't believe he's a pastor because of what some things the Lord said. He said, I didn't think so either. And then went on and changed the subject. Well, that's what I had had in my heart for a long time. But then I uh, recently they called me, this pastor called me. His wife was diagnosed with cancer and, uh, and uh, wanted us to agree with him. Well, I, I endeavored to, something in my heart kept snagging me. I said, Lord, what's that? What's that? What's that? He said, I told you he's in, not in his call. He's not in his place. And it opened the door to the devil. And she went on to heaven. I was praying about it. And I wanted to encourage the man. And I wanted to help him get back into the place he belongs. In the body of Christ. Because it's dangerous to have the door open. It's dangerous to usurp an office that you're not called to. And I said, I said to this pastor on the phone. He's a friend of ours. Love him dearly. Hated to see his wife go to heaven. But see... Uh, I, had, I, just, I said, Lord, how do I help him? He said, ask him, because he's real discouraged. He, 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 you know, a lot of discouragement trying to get him to quit the ministry and everything. And, and uh, I said to him, tell me, on the phone, tell me when the Lord, tell me all about when the Lord called you and how he spoke to you and so forth and so on. And it was quiet on the other end of the phone. He said, well, uh, I don't know. He said, you know, we're just excited about all we were learning. And this opportunity came up. And I, I can't remember the Lord actually speaking to us, but we had an open door. And, well, see, an open door doesn't equal a call. Seeing a need doesn't equal a call. Amen. And so I, I, my heart sank because I knew he wasn't in the right place he belonged. Now, out of his own mouth, he's, he's admitting it. And so I'm trying to encourage him. 
You know, faith means you know what, you're, you're, what God said and you're where God said. Yeah. Amen? Amen. So that's why I say, if you can't go back to a, a time when the Lord, it might not have been an audible voice. Thank God, the, the, the inner witness. But I'm talking about you just know that you know God put it in your heart. God spoke to you and said, this is what I want you to do. If you can't go back to something like that, then all that you're doing is fake. And that's why people get frustrated because it's not working. Stand up with me. I've gone long enough. I probably even went longer than Pastor went. When he preaches. I don't know. <laughs> He's a good man. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of that this morning? Yes. Thank you, Father. Lift up your hands and just give God some thanks. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the word. Father, it's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. It opens our eyes. It reveals things that we need to understand. And Father... So many of us, we see areas that uh, we need to make some adjustments in. We thank you, Father God, you have never failed us. Your word has never failed us. Nothing that you have ever spoken ever fails. Father God, there's been times we haven't made our connection, we haven't received. And uh, some of the things we've heard this morning maybe gave some clarity and some an- gave us some answers. And Father, we have the humility about us, enough humility about us to acknowledge that, uh, that uh, things that didn't work out weren't on your end, but that they were on our end. Father, rather than accuse you, this morning we humble ourselves and say, Father, thank you for showing us the answer. Thank you for showing us what we needed to see so that we can make the adjustments, so that we can come on over into the genuine Come over into the real because we want this to work. Father, we want life to work. We want the things that you have for us to be in our lives. Hallelujah. Father God, so we receive the direction that came this morning. We receive the answers in the name of Jesus. And Father, thank you for giving us our answer this morning. We give you all the praise and all the glory in the name of Jesus. Now with heads bowed, this morning when I woke up, the Lord started putting something in my heart and I can't even say that I know how to define it very well other than to say there's, there's an individual here that while we were preaching this morning, it came real to you, something came real to you that if you continue going a direction you've been going, making some of the decisions you've been going without the witness and the leading of the Spirit, there's going to be some real uh, trouble ahead. Not because the Lord is bringing it, but because it's going to, you're going to get on the devil's territory. And the Lord said to me this morning, tell, tell them that, that, that if they'll make that adjustment this morning and get back over on actually what the Lord said, actually what they heard, actually what, it's not something you like, it's not something you want, you, didn't, you don't want it to be that way, but you know it's what the Lord's saying. If you'll get back on what the Lord's actually saying, and make that adjustment this morning and go the direction the Lord's telling you to go, that will work what will be equal to a deliverance for your life that will spare you much trouble, much heartache. Hallelujah. So whoever that's for, just take it. Just receive it. Just say, that's me. You don't have to indicate it to me. It's not between me and you. It's between you and God. But to God, just say, that's me, Father. I know you're talking to me. 
I know in my spirit that that's me that you're talking to. I make that adjustment. I turn. I turn. It's not going to be what my flesh wanted. It's not going to be easy on my flesh. But I'm going to do what the Spirit's saying because I want to be in genuine faith, not just working my own plan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, that one, that two, whoever it may be this morning that's making that adjustment, I say their life is delivered now. It's spared from that heartache. Satan, the door is now closed to you. Take your hands off of their life. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. We thank you for it. We thank you for the deliverance. That's the way the Lord said it. It'll be, it'll be like a deliverance. I don't mean from demonic, you know, you know, demonic activity, although it's the devil, of course, but I mean like uh, sparing your life, sparing you from the heartache, something like that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Father, we rejoice in our brother and our sister's lives being delivered and spared. Glory. Glory to God. We rejoice in it, Father. Glory, 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 glory. We give you praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I've seen some of the greatest miracles out of services just like this. Outwardly, you couldn't tell. At the time, in the service, you couldn't tell that anything happened. But there were little adjustments made on the inside that literally spared people's lives. Glory! Yeah! Glory be to God. Hey, I'll take it. Anyway, anyway, if it's outward demonstration, if it's just an adjustment on the inside that saves somebody from heartache, we'll take it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Well, it's been a joy to minister the word to you. I've gone a little long, Pastor. But uh, amen. Blessed are the short-winded. They'll be invited back. So I better, I better keep it a little shorter later on. Amen. Amen.